Greetings, lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Audrey. I'm your host, Audrey, and on each episode, my guests and I have a conversation about a topic of interest where we try to figure out life as Zimbabweans, Africans, and black people living in the diaspora. If you're new here, I hope you stick around, and if you're returning, thank you for putting up with me. You can find Conversations with Audrey wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Insta and Facebook at Conversations with Audrey and on Twitter at Convo with Audrey. If you're more traditional, I also welcome emails via conversationswithaudreypod at gmail.com. Now on to the conversation. You know, funny enough, I realized that's the most that I say my name in like a space of like <laughs> such a short period of time. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it's good. I'm sick and tired of my brand. own name, right? Exactly. My name that's is a brand. Name my brand. name is a brand. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway, um, yeah, welcome again, Janelle. I guess you know. I, I I should actually say hello first to the lovely listeners that are still <laughs> listening to this podcast. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> but anyway, no um. You know, this is, I guess, part four of my series of conversations that I'm having with fellow migrants. And, you know, so far I've explored the topic from the perspective of an international student, uh, a migrant who lives in South Africa, and a migrant who took the leap to make the move and work here in Australia. In part, in this part, in this episode, um, I want to explore the topic from a perspective I understand, or at least I have experienced, and that is the perspective of the migrant child. That includes children that were born in their respective home countries. For me and my guest today, that is Zimbabwe. And it also includes children born here from parents that migrated from their home countries. So today I am joined by a returning guest, the lovely Mrs. Janelle. You know, you you, hello, you, hello. Like, you are well known. I should give you a clap. Just give me two seconds to find the clap. I don't even know if I have it. <laughs> Where is my applause? There we go. I think that is the applause. I'm not sure. But anyway, I will go back and find it. There we go. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had to applaud. I had to applaud because, you know, you're a returning guest. I I love that. I've had, I think Lali was the other returning guest the other time, but she was with other people. So you're like the first like returning guest by yourself. So that's really great. Anyway, you can, I guess, because you're part of the first episode, you don't really need to like super introduce yourself, but. Just, yeah, Um, I guess maybe how are you and how have things been and how is the content creation going? I guess for um, those that need a reminder of what you you, (laughs) on the episode four last time. (laughs) (laughs) I've been good, honestly, Um, despite the whole lockdown thing. um, It's kind of stopping my plans Mm. for my content in a way. But hey, let's do this lockdown thing and get out of it, please, because I'm tired of being at home. Out of going work home, work home. No, I'm getting sick of the monotony is too much. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, it's getting tiring now, it's just getting tiring. But yeah, you know what? Content creating is going great, to mm. be honest. It's going, um, how I want it to go in mm. a way, to be mm. honest. Um, yeah, and I'm happy that's really that it's going that way. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of work that I'm doing behind the scene as well, so. I don't, guys, I actually don't rest. If mm. you guys actually know, I actually do not rest. Um, I'm constantly either at work, creating something, or thinking of my siblings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's pretty much my, um, 
going out wise, well, because of lockdown. Of course. <laughs> we had Aren't a good run out. for a while. We had a good run for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we did. We did. We actually did. But um, yeah, going out, it's only with, you know, my girls. Mm-hmm. Audrey, hopeful, mm-hmm. when something is, is up, then yeah, that's when we grow up. But other than that, I'm just working and working and working and working, mm-hmm. trying to build bag, whatever they call it. But yeah. I, it'll come to once you get to that maybe stage that you're like, wow, I've actually achieved all of this. It'll all be worth it, you know. It'll all That's be worth true. It. But keep hustling. Definitely. That's what we need. It's better to be oh, and, busy than to be idle. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. So it's a whole juggle of that mm-hmm. part of my life and mm-hmm. uni as well, trying yeah. to, you know, keep it up, keep up with it and make sure that you graduate. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's really mm. good. That's really good. It's nice to hear that you're soldiering on even with this pandemic. Trust me. I feel like Melbourne people will be like, yeah, you guys, you've not experienced anything. You haven't been in a lockdown enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been two weeks for us. Now imagine. If probably can, now it, us it's in the third week and it's like, because it doesn't feel the first, like, I guess, period of the lockdown when initially the lockdown happened. It didn't feel like this. Like, I feel like because we were so no. used to just going about our you know, lives, it's like, now it's like, oh my God, we have to actually stop again. Ah, Exactly. Yeah. That's now it's amazing. a bit more. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But I guess to get into our yeah. topic, which is, I guess, we know what I was saying about us being uh, children of migrants or the migrant child experience, you're looking at, um, so I guess we're first gen, uh, first generation immigrants, right? Meaning we were born mm-hmm. outside of Australia and we came here with our parents. And then we also have siblings who were second-generation immigrants who were subsequently born once our families had settled here, you know, for example. And whether you're first or second um, <laughs> this background, I love it. I'm sorry, I'll try to keep a straight face. <laughs> it's oh, all good. Lord. It's all good. Hey, we, we and until I get my studio, right, this will be the norm, right? You know, the, the Bro, interruptions and everything. I don't, I don't even have silence in my house. There's always yeah. somebody budging okay. into my room every okay. two seconds. I'm not yet Oprah Winfrey who has a production team and a studio and everything. Oh, that's right. Care, you know? Soon. We'll get, we'll get there soon. <laughs> but, you know, whether you're a first or second generation um, migrant child, there are things that we experience that are unique to us as children and like, and like our parents, you know, if we were to ask our parents, some of their experiences, they'll be totally different from what we've gone through mm-hmm. because our parents, for yeah. example, they didn't go through um, <clears throat> like the school experience, at least it, it, maybe they might've done some tertiary education later, but it wasn't like the primary secondary school experience. They didn't have to learn how to navigate like the cultural landscape of like the Australian youths or whatever. They didn't have to deal with some of the anxieties that, I guess we as migrant children have to face when we try to like find a sense of belonging or fitting in and That's all those true. things. Right. Yeah. Cause we're always the other as in this, especially in this Australian culture. So, you know, we'll be, I guess, exploring that, that those dynamics of being a migrant child and what are like some of the things that have defined us or have come to shape us. And also how can we deal with, now having to be the generation that carries that culture forward or if we feel we are responsible for doing that. But anyway, so for, for you, Janelle, I I think your story is quite unique because you, you know, I think you mentioned this in the first episode anyway, but you've also told me like, you know, you lived in two different countries before you even came to Australia. Like 
you know, for a while you resided there, you were able to like put some kind of roots there with your family. So yeah, I guess for just a bit of background, how old were you when you left Zim? What was the experience like living in the two respective countries that you lived in? And how do those experiences then differ for you when you moved to Australia? Okay. Um, so I left Zim when I was, I think around eight, eight years old, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> and moved to South Africa. The thing is, before moving to Zim, my parents, uh, my dad was already in Australia by then. Oh, okay. okay. And yeah. uh, my mom, she was in South Africa because my mom was working for, I don't know if people are familiar with it, but Barclays Bank. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 That was so they're part of the operations, um, IT people, they teach people how to do the whole world transfer of money, blah, 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 all mm-hmm. that jazz. So, from Zim, their company moved them to South Africa. So that's where she was living now. So in Zim, it was sort of like me and my brother and like our other family yeah. that we were living in. Um, until when I was eight years old, that's when we moved um, with my grandmother, actually, to live with my mom in South Africa. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and to be honest, there wasn't that much difference, I would say, between Zim and SA mm-hmm. in terms of experience-wise, even culture-wise. The only difference, I would say, was just language. I had to learn their mother tongue. And imagine a country that's full of many different <laughs> languages. <laughs> so it was sort of like I had no choice in a way because also the part of the curriculum of the school was you had to learn Afrikaans oh and Zulu, oh which are the main two. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I enjoyed it. Mm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. And, and I think that's where I found my love for just learning different languages, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and South Africa was good. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It was good. I was, I lived there for almost, almost three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We were there for the 2010 World Cup something. Oh, wow. Okay. When it happened. Yeah. So I saw the whole thing. Vuvuzela. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Vuvuzela's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. And I remember like on the day, during the whole, South Africa was playing on the day. <clears throat> And then my school is like, oh, you have to come wearing the jerseys of the countries you represent. Girl, I don't know why I was obsessed with Brazil. Brazil. Every Zimbabwean <laughs> is obsessed with Brazil. It's not just you. <laughs> I don't know why either. I don't know why. Like, I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I legit told my mom to buy me a Brazilian jersey, yeah? And she did. <laughs> Ronaldinho, I think Ronaldinho was the Ronaldinho yeah. Ron- like Ronaldinho was the really popular player. For my me. God, yeah. I legit wearing went wearing that to school. Imagine get a square horn was wearing this South African. <laughs> You're wearing Brazil, you Brazil, yeah. So it was like that, but yeah. That, to be honest, that whole experience was it was good. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I feel like in a way that has shaped me who I am today. Because mm-hmm. I try and imagine if I only, you know, wasn't exposed to this different culture mm. or even these languages, what kind of a person I would have been. Yeah. I do wonder how I would have turned out to be. So lived in South Africa, went to school there, did the whole schooling um, thing, was actually even blending in with the actual people, mm-hmm. you know, mm. um, made friends. I'm still in contact with some of my friends from there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then from South Africa, the company my mom was working for moved to Singapore. <laughs> yeah. So we were left again in South Africa. Now we're living with um, my mom's cousin and my dad's uncle. They came from Zim to stay mm-hmm. with us. 
Um, my parents would visit during the day, like on Christmas time, that's when they'll come. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, hey, like no kid wants to live without their parents. Yep, like that whole experience, I think for me was probably not the best. Mm-hmm. Just the whole separation of um, me and my parents. Yep. Like, yep. So from eight, let me just say from probably the age of 10 or mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. Uh, 10, 11, yeah, around 10 years old. So I didn't live with my parents and I didn't live with my dad mm. since 2008. Mm, mm, mm. And so that was like a long um, period of time. Yeah. So I like back in Zim, when, like the thing is, I didn't, I don't even remember him going. That's the thing. The only thing I remember was that my mom telling me, oh, your dad, like he's on the plane, he's gone. And I'm mm. just there like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> he's go- I didn't even know what Australia, like where yep. Australia was. Yep. Yep. Nothing yep. like that. And yep. I was like, what where is he going like is he coming back tomorrow like mm. no understanding whatsoever as to like okay this person flying to the other side of the world you know um but it was for 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 the family because yeah. this was back in the time when zim was going south <laughs> yeah yep. things was going left yep. 2008 yo. um <laughs> yeah that's when everything started so yeah after my mom moved to singapore we we lived without pretty much both our, my brother and I lived without our parents for like almost two years. And when communication with them through Skype, and this was when Skype was a big thing, you know. <laughs> I remember uh, before <laughs> Skype actually used to be a thing. <laughs> before Zoom came and said, what? Skype who? Exactly. <laughs> before Zoom, before even social media, man, yeah, like, it was yeah, big. Like, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah, we'd see them just communicate on Skype. Um, other than that, they'll visit only on like when we were on holidays, which was like Christmas, maybe halfway during the year, uh, when there's family emergencies, that's when you'd only see them. But yeah. it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was good and bad. Just mm-hmm. that whole separation thing. Yeah, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Like, I know I can totally relate it to because my mom is all for a period of time. It wasn't a long time. It was probably like a couple of years, but she worked mm-hmm. from Botswana for a bit and she would yeah. come back for school holidays and we would go there maybe for school holidays. So there was like a separation, like a stretch of time. Yeah. That we wouldn't see her. That's but true. obviously at the time I wasn't reflecting so much on, I miss my mom. But now that I think about it and also even before that I had, there had been times when I lived in Agogo because my mom was still mm-hmm. like working. Like I remember, I think she, she worked in Blauayo for a while and my dad was still like doing his teaching very far away. So it's very like, it's chaotic a little bit when you're not living with your parents, exactly. but like at oh, least yeah. now, obviously we're both living with our parents and stuff, but yeah, those I can yeah. relate to, to that. Oh, definitely. It, it is chaotic, but I think through that, I had to grow up really quick as well mm. because um, the whole separation from my parents, <clears throat> not by choice guys, but Hey, <laughs> is what it is yeah, hey that's true. um <laughs> that's true the whole separation <laughs> thing yeah I, the whole separation thing because i'm the el- the oldest child yeah. the, for their first born i have a younger brother and i had to make sure i had to take care of this little person you yep. know i'm only yep. a this little boy is only four years old yep yep <laughs> i had to take care of him You're already so i remember exactly so and i like looking back it actually started back in zim that's when I think my life went at 360. The whole irresponsibility thing started. Mm, mm. So when we were still in Zim, I remember, because my brother was still in kindergarten around that age. Yeah. And I was in school. And I remember I used to come back from school. We used, I used to live my, um, with my mom's sister, actually, my auntie. But like it was part of, in Harare. I wouldn't say we're like, I'm sure anything like that. But it was like in Avondale. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I used to come back from school. 
make sure that, okay, he's here. Make sure that I've made, like, I'll come back from school. Like, what time do school used to finish? In Around, Zim? like, one, two. Like, is it, because we started yeah. at seven for some reason. It- yeah, I started seven. So yeah, I started seven. Started but... Around seven, and then would finish around like one thirty-two <laughs> o'clock or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. yeah. So I come back around that time. Little big starts, the It's a big starts for two people. My aunt will be at work. I'll make sure okay, that's come my place. that Mika, like I make sure that he has his lunch by the time he comes back home or is eating something mm. before night falls. Mm. When my auntie will come, or sister Bas and Oban will say around later, we'll make a dinner, all that stuff. Mm. But that's literally where it started. So from there, I've always taken up the role of the the caretaker yeah. in a way. Yeah, I got yeah. used to it. That easily, even yeah. going to South Africa, it was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So that whole separating thing, and then later on, we had to join my mom <laughs> in, in Singapore. Singapore. So we yeah. moved from South Africa to Singapore, and Singapore. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, I can't imagine. <laughs> Singapore is um, no, it's a beautiful country, guys. Like it's really, it's a, it's a beautiful country mm-hmm. to visit. Yeah, living wise. It was not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It was just it. To- it was a, probably the biggest change of yeah. environment for me. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was a bit like a wall. And to be honest, that was the first. That was the first time in that country where I heard a thing called racism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was in that country because I'm sure anti-blackness and, would be rampant in like such in, oh yeah in South East Asian country there. like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was there. That was the first time. I think I learned a lot of these things, which I feel like they were kind of shadowed from me mm-hmm. because back in South Africa, everyone is legit all the same. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Regardless, mm-hmm. you're black, white, colored, you all you don't even differentiate yourself. But there, it was like the only black child, black yeah. kid in an all Asian school. Mm-hmm. You legit just stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I like I, when you told me the first, I was like, "You went, you lived in Singapore, and yeah, you, you were the." Uh, eh, that's just a shock. That's a shock. <laughs> Even more than yeah, in, in Australia, cool. where there's a lot of white people, but you know, oh yeah, you, you are not to always, be diverse. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Singapore, oh my god, um, yeah, it was very, it was different. Like it was very different culture-wise food wise language wise and it was the same language like the whole like educational curriculum you have to learn the mother tongue girl (laughs) girl imagine trying to what are people in singapore speaking mandarin and malay okay Okay, malay yes 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 what (laughs) excuse me what don't get me wrong i feel like to be when I when the first step, step started saying that, mm-hmm. at first I was like, now there is no way I'll be able to like learn anything. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that was probably easier than learning Afrikaans. Yep, yep. That was probably the easiest to learn than Afrikaans. Okay, okay. But anyways, Singapore, Singapore. I lived there for almost almost two years before we had to move to Australia. So my mom's company moved there. We had to straight after like after a few months follow her mm-hmm. and then we, we lifted there so the distance wise between australia and singapore for my dad was closer now instead of going all the way so he would yeah. come and visit but still it was still that separation yeah. Yeah. yeah so i lived 
seven, eight, nine, ten. Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> we'll make you count. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't live with my dad for almost six years of my life. Mm, mm, mm. And I wasn't, to be honest, I was not close to him. Like, because, I think because of that, we didn't have like a close relationship mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Singapore with the, the whole culture difference, yeah, it was real. I'm not going to lie. But it's such a beautiful country. Like it's probably the most cleanest country I've ever been to in my life. Hey, just the airport it's alone really tells you could you're about to be, you know, in a clean country. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know how and most we, countries, their airport is the best part sometimes of their country mm-hmm. generally cleanliness wise. But then with Singapore, oh, yeah. it's like a reflection of their own my God. country. Like literally, yeah. like in Singapore, you're not allowed to chew gum. Like they do not sell gum that. in that country. Like, Yo. They do not sell gum at all. And we used to live, I think, about 10 minutes away from Changi Airport. Mm-hmm. We were like in, no, yeah, Sime. That's where we used to live. Mm-hmm. And the, the nicer thing was that everything was so close together. You know what I mean? Because it's such a small country. Yeah. Everything is like, okay. And had the bullet, the bullet trains. Mm-hmm. We used to call them mm-hmm. MRT. That's what we used to okay, call them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then the bullet trains. That's what we used to catch. Legit go to like, the next town or city mm-hmm. like two minutes you're there two minutes you're there two minutes you're there but um yeah um it's just a lot of cultural differences mm-hmm. um but the people are nice people are nice here and there you do get a bit of the the racist people yeah. obviously yeah. um yeah and as i said that was the first time in my life i heard anything about that racial was, differences yep or being, or being called names in a way, you know, because you're different. And the whole stereotype, I don't know what it is with people thinking Africans, we live in hearts and we run with lions and stuff. They, they watch too much of the gods must be crazies and uh, whatever, those types of, you know, typical comedies. That, pe- yeah, It's weird. <laughs> for people who legit have t- like more advanced technology than some African countries, y'all really ignore it like seriously mm-hmm. ignore it mm-hmm. as like because i remember like one time um we had to do like athletics for example yeah <laughs> with the athletics it was cross country because i'm a long distance runner that's mm-hmm. legit my strength i yeah. short distance long distance yeah, i run for miles i can go on yeah and then i competed up against like oh, oh also um in singapore i was the youngest in the in my class uh-huh uh-huh they had when I got there, they took me. They had to put me in a higher class. Than yeah, because you're sort of advanced in your education yeah, at so the time. Like, yeah, it, like I finished what um, South Africa grade three, pretty much, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Yeah, and then in um, Singapore, I had to go grade five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right. I was jumped. Like I was. This, I don't know what for for what reason. Oh no, they would but, have. They, same thing happened to me because they would have. I think they would have either means tested you or something, and then they see that your ability like, is whatever. And then yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was the youngest in there. Everyone else was older and blah blah blah. And then we went for that competition thing. All right, like you know, I'm just like I'm like, oh, I like Brandy, Brandy yeah. Brown. You're just a little kid. You're like freaking eleven. <laughs> and you're right out running <laughs> the old kids. Kid. I'm just, I'm just right. I'm like, yes, man. Yeah. It, like I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Girl, I got to the finish line and I was out of my position. Like I got second. I got to the finish line and I was like, oh, okay, it's good, it's good. Yeah. When they're calling people to get the trophies, yeah. When I got up, 
they were clapping for everybody else. Mm. In Zwa. When I got up, when they called my name, nobody clapped. Wow. 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 No one. Nobody. Not yes. even single. Wow. Even Nothing. like a teacher watching go to all my students. Hey, that no would have been heartbreaking. Cla- that would have been heartbreaking. No, no one clapped. And I remember going out there, everyone just staring at me. And I walked back and this this Chinese guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, ah, oh, I bet they run with lines in the country. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so, what the hell? so you went to like an international type school, like for them, to, or was it? Oh, I went to a local school. Oh, okay. It wasn't even international. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had a friend who went to an international school. She was okay. She was yeah. learning with Australians, you know, mm. and it was okay. And I, even still, now, I still wonder, I was like, mom, why could you not put me to an international school? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. at, yeah, that was probably the worst. But, whoo, yeah. So the guy said that, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's just how you people are. Like, wow, because the thing is, so how did you do with like you know having to in that situation having to make friends having because obviously this sounds like the more traumatic of maybe your experiences oh, moving that, even when you that, came here it, I don't think it compared to mm-hmm. that so. that was probably the the most traumatic I would say mm. of the whole move thing um, I had days where I legit didn't want to go to school I'm mm. not gonna lie to you mm. I had days where I hated going to that school mm-hmm. it's where I was just like can I just go back to South Africa? Yeah. Like, I just want to go back. I, I was like, I want to go back home. Like, yeah. I just wanted to go back home. Yeah. Even though I had my cousins who were there as well, not at the school, but in the same country, because my mom and their cousin as well, like, they worked there. Yeah. And um, it was only like on weekends where you get some sort of normalcy mm-hmm. of family, of the same language being spoken, yeah. you know, of the African people. It's only on the weekend. Yeah. And that was on Sunday. At church, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Monday, Friday, I was dealing with all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at such a young age as well, Jesus Christ. And yeah. Because then, in that case, how did you sort of like? Because you know how sometimes you sort of end up creating identities that you present to other people because you're wanting to fit mm-hmm. into that. Like, did you find that you were still retaining that I'm Janelle kind of thing? Like, how did you retain your uniqueness so that your identity, even though to the outside other Singaporeans that you were dealing with, you were like <laughs> the shy, maybe quiet girl because you didn't really have uh-huh. you know, the friends and whatever. But like, how did you just retain the, the, that uniqueness? Like, the, I guess, to, to be able to be like the Janelle that you are today and like not just cooped up in your show. Because things like that, for me, I know when I came here, Mama even says like, I changed a little bit in terms of how mm-hmm. out there I was because... <laughs> you experienced like for you it was a culture shock like what what is this all these white people <laughs> like i i didn't grow up. white people for me were a novelty in zimbabwe seeing them was like oh okay cool but <laughs> like it wasn't like a normal <laughs> thing so then when i came yeah. here i was like ah to deal with this and even although i could speak english i'd been going to an english speaking school or at least a school that yeah. emphasized us having to speak in english and everything i could write in english very well but then now having to speak it every day like every moment that I'm at school, ah, it was a bit different. So how did you, yeah, how did you retain your identity or your uniqueness to be the, the uh, that you are today, I guess? Like the, the, in this situation of like in Singapore, like mm. going back to um, what you said, the whole like speaking in English, like mm. constantly, that I feel, because back in Zim, um, no, it was back in Zim, I used to go to Houghton Park Primary School. That's where I went. 
And we did speak in English, but it wasn't as often as... Yeah, it wasn't you know, exclusively like, the language you used. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So by the time I moved to South Africa, I didn't have a problem. For some reason, I don't know, I didn't have a problem. Somehow I, I was able to adjust to the whole, okay, you have to now start mm. speaking in English. Mm. Even though my English probably was a bit... We all had you know, mm, English, yeah, trust me. <laughs> It was a bit, uh, but yeah, it was like I had no one laughed at me. You know mm, what I mean? No one mm. was like, oh, you know, because like back in the essay, if you're an, an immigrant, if you're an illegal immigrant, guys, I wasn't an illegal immigrant. Okay, <laughs> for start, my my mom had papers to stay in South Africa and everything. Yeah. Um, because they were helping the people and everything. Um, yeah, because usually they'll be calling me like Makwere Kwere Kanyen. That's what they call like yes. an illegal immigrant. Yeah. Yeah. I was out. Nobody, no one has ever called me that. Most people would think like I'm actually from there mm-hmm. because my English wasn't as strong as well. For them as well, it wasn't as strong as well. So they were so like, oh, like, you're one of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they were sort of like, oh, it's okay, I can blend in here. But Singapore, on the other hand, because of the whole ordeal of the whole racial difference yeah. that I'm starting to identify, like, oh, actually, they actually see me as a different person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I... Growing up, I was such a quiet person. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. My mom used to be so scared of how quiet I was. Mm. But there wasn't anything wrong with me. I was just that type of person. Yeah, yeah. They knew me as that, that quiet person from the teachers back in Singapore. Like, oh, you know, parent-teacher thing. They'd be like, oh, do you know, she's such a good student. She's so quiet. You know, she's, she's just, she just keeps to herself, blah, blah, blah. In a way, that kind of um, impacted my quietness because mm-hmm. I became even more quiet. But thank God, goodness, I had friends mm. i had good friends i had these two other girls who were like god bless them honestly mm. god mm. bless them they stuck by me by my side mm. despite so all... like they were not black or anything like that. they were just singaporeans yeah you yeah they were just them, singaporeans yeah. and they accepted me for who i am mm. <clears throat> mm. but i don't know i feel like that experience um taught me to have thick skin mm. i think that's where i grew the whole thick skin thing mm. of mm-hmm. actually standing up for myself um and really not caring what about what other people think about yeah. me or say about me in a yeah. way. Um, so I think from there, I became a bit more tough, I guess, yeah. Yeah. when it came to the opinions of people, or what yeah. they say about me. Yeah. It was sort of like, okay, yeah, say whatever you want to say, but whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And um, also to defending myself, thank God for my mom, because my mom, she does not take knots. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> I, oh, I remember I came back home crying one time and then she had like you know instead of comforting you know african just not comforting you should actually ask you to, wow. what did you do exactly. what 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 like what did you do and you're just sitting there like oh, i'm waiting for you to hug me you're you know, expecting the white mother treatment good. but no you're dealing with an african you know, mother awful. she like she's like Sayewell, what did you do mm-hmm. yep why didn't you say anything? And to be, you know, I look back and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because this without this woman, I probably would have been like the most sensitive person, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, ever. yeah, you build that thick skin from there. I, yeah, yeah, from there, I just learned how to defend myself, and this is why I don't take crap from people mm, now. Like even mm. today, I just don't mm. like. If you have something to say, say in my face. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. there's no point of you 
talking this and that, that, that behind my back. Because mm. maybe when I know it's you, I will come for you, <laughs> you regardless. I'm sorry. I, will come for you. I, am not, I am not scared of Van. You got like human beings, are I see Shumba and Didi. Yeah. But if I know what you're in the wrong, I'm sorry. Andrew, yeah. Yeah. I will, yeah. I will yeah. come. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just told me how to have thick skin. Like, thank God for my mom, honestly. She probably has been my rock throughout the whole experience yeah, of changing, yeah. you know, countries and just adjusting into the Singaporean environment, mm. dealing with racism, which I didn't know was a thing. Mm. But yeah, it was, yeah. Thank no, God for her and no, my two really friends. Good. Yeah. No, that's a good, like, at least you, you it, it was a building experience rather than something that totally broke you kind of a thing. Cause it could yeah. potentially have, even I'm surprised oh. at how much, even though I changed in terms of how outward presenting I was, I'm still the same sort of like talkative, bubbly person, but that also came through friends and family reinforcements mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then yeah. also touching on the fact you could see you essentially moved from Zim from a very young age and it, you're around eight years old. So your idea of Zim is probably different now to the person who still lives in Zim, who's then grown up and, you know, been brought up oh, yeah. in Zim. But then, you would still find that you're maybe dealing with that idea of like, ah, uh, you want to belong as a Zimbabwean. But when you go there, people are like, mm, you're kind of a bit different to us. But then here, you're still very different to everybody else. So, you know, there's a yeah. poem, there's a poet, sorry, that I came across like a quote from one of her poems. I think her name is Hans Ijoma Umebinyu or something like that. I'm not sure if I'm butchering a name. I don't speak the language that her name comes from, but her poem is called Diaspora Blues. I think that's a probably uh-huh. better way to search like that poem if, if anyone is ever interested. But one of her quotes is, so here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. And for me, that impacts me a lot because I'm thinking, how do you deal with now being able to, not being able to identify closely with Zimbabweans back home, but still not feeling in within this country we're living in, in Australia, where you're always like, where are you from? Where are you from? Oh my God, you yeah. speak so well. You speak so well. Like, you know, so yeah, how just, how do you deal with that? Like that, that separation of identity now, like you're sort of just in this no man's land, like middle ground where you, you neither belong here nor there kind of thing. Like, to be honest, I embrace it in mm, a way because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously I have the experience of believing and being born in Zim. Mm-hmm, I that's one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But the Zim I know I remember is. Yeah, the before 2008, the good Zim, you know what I mean? <laughs> the fun Zim, you know, yeah. the, everything was good, you know, yeah. life was amazing. Literally, ZBC <clears throat> was still very good. Ezongido. Yeah. <laughs> ah, bro, Ezongido. <laughs> and I studio you 260, exactly, exactly. But yeah. then when I speak to somebody, like for example, my cousins who are still there, mm. it's totally different. Mm. And again, even attest to like the whole difference thing to being saying, ah, oh, but you're different. In 2006, I went to Zim and that was the first time since 2008. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was back in Zim in 2016 mm-hmm. <clears throat> for like a holiday thing. And Zimbabweans will actually point you out that you're different. Definitely. Definitely. Like you are Zim, but you, they'll be like, you don't even say so anything, cool. but you Bruh, are identified. Yeah. Do I have a sign on the back of my back on my forehead that says I'm not from me? Literally. But somehow they will just differentiate. Uh-uh, you're not from me. I was, oh, yes, Zimbabwean, but I was swimming. Yep. And yep. from there, I'm just like, what in the world? Exactly. And then there's here as well, where, to be honest, I love the fact that I'm Zimbabwean here and yes. I'm able to speak my language. Yes. I love yeah. that. I absolutely love that. 
but there's also that whole conflict of like, which one do I identify? Am I the Zim Australian or am I the Zimbabwe in the back home Zimbabwe? Yes. So there's always a clash. Yes. Yeah. There's always a clash. I think for me, uh, I actually, I get, I get you. Like, I actually have never looked at it that way that you embrace both the, but the you know the Hannah Montana song you get the best of both oh, worlds yeah. right oh, <laughs> you yeah. get the best you're of switching being one day you're exactly exactly right mm-hmm. although not the white <laughs> white hairstyles but know. yeah you know <laughs> But you get the idea that you're this Zimbabwean, you've got the culture, you brought it from back home. But then here as well, you get to live in a good country that has a good, you know, system going economic wise, whatever, whatever. But I think for me, I struggle more with the idea of not being Zimbabwean in Zimbabwe. Because here I can deal with being a Zimbabwean within Australia because I don't really identify with Australia. Maybe in sporting Mm -hmm. events, I might be like more Olympics. I'll support Australia. But I'm not here rooting for everything Australian because I have so many things that I have to deal with in terms of, you know, the colonization stuff as well, whatever. So I can't necessarily say, oh, I'm Australian because I'm like, uh, I'm part of a country that colonized another group of people, all that stuff. So, but then in terms of Zimbabwe, Manje, going there and being an outlier within the country that I identify with, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't deal with that. Like I'm really... Yeah, I struggle with that because I go home and then people will be like, ask, I'm not a Tara Shona. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, why do I have to defend myself? <laughs> anyway. That was the same. Oh my God. Especially that tw- same year, 26, we went yeah. back. I had my mom's uncle saying to her, it's like, I'm not going to go to Tara Shona. And I was like, <laughs> so we speak Shona every day. Exactly. In our house. exactly. It's mandatory we do. Literally, like the way people. <laughs> They just treat you so differently, like ah. like you're this. You're now this alien in your own home. Yeah, and it's this for me. It was the first time it happened. I was so young, I didn't really care. Like because we went mm-hmm. back, we've been back to home three times now, and we all sort of spaced it out about two to three years. So I've been able to go back when Zimbabwe has changed. So the first time we went back, mm-hmm. I was still very young. Zimbabwe had been a bit different, but we didn't see a lot of people, so there weren't many people to point you know out that we were yeah. very different. Mm-hmm. The second time we went we were traveling a lot, seeing people and the way people just would treat us was just so different. Even I was just like, I'm not like even my cousins, the way they were sort of like treating me. I'm just like, no, but I'm the same, but I still, it's still me. It's still me. <laughs> like you're like in this box, you know, like get out when he's like in that weird, like hallucination. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, I'm here. I'm here. Like, I'm like, I'm here, but like they can't it's see true. because for them, that was that different. Like you, you don't believe. Yeah, that's true. You don't that's actually true. But that's the sad part because it's like you're always gonna struggle when you go back because it's like you somehow it's like you can you actually now can never fit in mm-hmm. with them yeah. because yes you identified as Zimbabwean but our chance. You are an outlier. Yeah. An outlier. But then going back. Oh, sorry. Did you want to add more to that? Oh, okay, cool. continue. So yeah. going back, like I, I think we talked initially. You talked about this when you're talking about how you essentially raised your brother in some way. You're like his caretaker. He's, you know, when your mom was working and stuff like that. Another phenomena for me that has happened, or especially to first generation migrant children that are the eldest child, like we, are yes, so, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you take on uh, some kind uh, of parental or guardian responsibility for your younger siblings, especially if you have younger yeah. siblings. You know, when our parents settled here, they had to just put their heads down and work and mm-hmm. they 
now didn't have that support system yeah nana tete and nana my guru who could step in sometimes oh, yeah. and babysit or even just a maid a lot of the time in mm-hmm. Zimbabwe a lot of Zimbabweans identify with the idea of having had a maid yeah. but now we're here mm-hmm. we don't have that so you know for the most part the older sibling becomes the babysitter or the guardian and it how like you already kind of dealt with how you became you know the caretaker you took on that mantle quite easily and it but then some i guess I would like to reflect on the fact that I don't think that applies to everybody. I think, you know, to some yep, extent they can be frustration or resentment from other, you know, children that go through that same experience that are like, you know, why am I burdened with this much responsibility, mm-hmm. you know? Why yeah. do I have to take this on? So, I guess I just, just your thoughts on like what you might be able to advise since you're someone who seems to have taken on the role quite easily. How can you like I guess not so much advice because it's like you're not trying to, you know, self-help anybody, but <laughs> just your thoughts on like how maybe a person who's dealing with like some of that frustration can, you know, deal with it better, like without thinking it's like the end of the world to be responsible for your mm-hmm. siblings or support your parents in that regard or you know, something yeah. like that. Um as a firstborn child in my family because I've got two younger siblings, my mm. brother <clears throat> and my little sister was now 4 years old um to be honest at first i was in the same shoes mm. of why am i the one you know <laughs> have to take care of these people when sorry they're not my kids yeah. you know what i mean yeah and up until like i saw how hard my parents are working and i think that's another thing if you have the resentment of that please mm. look at it at a viewpoint of seeing how hard your parents are working. Mm-hmm. Here we are very unfortunate enough that our most of our families and relatives are back home. You're lucky if you have your grandma and your aunties were here. You're lucky, honestly. Yes. But for the majority, that's not the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, my parents relied on me to take up that role. Not mm-hmm. necessarily take it. No. It started slow, slow, you know, like when we moved from Singapore to Australia, yeah, and my mom had to start doing nursing, going to university for nursing. My dad was already working. So it was through those little things, like we'll come back after school, I'll st- you know, start taking care of him and eventually progress to her, um, started working in hospital during night shift, mm. went to that. Yeah. So that's how it, it, it became. It was sort of like, okay, so this is now an everyday thing. I'm not going to lie to you. I had times where I'm like, bro, I have no freedom. I let you, I'm not yeah. living my life because yeah. I'm always constantly taking care of these two people. Yeah. But honestly, guys, one piece of advice I can give you, yeah, they're going to grow. Mm, they will grow. And true. soon enough, you have, you will have your freedom. Trust me. And the experience, I'm not going to lie, the experience that I've had in taking care of my sibling, I honestly believe it will become, come handy when it comes to the time when I have my own family. Yeah. Because already yeah. I know what's, you know, how to take care of young child. Like for my sister, I pretty much took care of her from the minute she was born. I was with her all the way, changing diapers, staying with her, making, you know, giving her food, formulas. I I didn't even know what formula was. I think she was born (laughs) a girl. (laughs) I had to make her formula. Yeah. You know, I I do appreciate that whole experience. Mm. Honestly, I really do. Because I will know what to do when that time of me having a family comes, I yeah. know it's okay. So I have to do this and that as That's a parent. True. The downside, I'm not going to lie, Shong, is the whole taking away freedom from you. Yes. That's mm. just that, the, the downside of mm. this mm. whole thing. But 
honestly, if you're res- like resenting this whole thing, please think about your parents, especially if you're a first generation you know, child, migrant. Yeah, that's it's, true. That's it's true. really hard for them. It's really hard for them to be juggling kids and work at the same time. And, um, <clears throat> and just trying to keep, you know, you guys fed, going to school, all that stuff. Yep. So a little bit of help here and there. It's, it's not that bad. That's true. Very that's soon you unique. have your freedom. No, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a, like my a similar take, like for me as well. Like yeah. that, you know, you just have to have that understanding that unfortunately you, it, it's not by choice that they made yep, you, the, that's true. you know, guardian or whatever for that period mm-hmm. of time. But like you said, it will <clears> come <throat> to pass. And also you'd be, I feel like you're, just have to sort of understand you're sort of part of this network within your home, like a support system. Literally, you, yeah. You know, you're looking at a home. If a home doesn't have certain parts to it, like a foundation or the pillars that hold it up or whatever, it's going to fall down. So you're part of that, sure. whatever. You might just be, you know, a small part of it, but you're still a very important part of it kind of thing. So like Yeah, literally at, the pillar. Literally. Like you're, you're looking at pillar. it from that perspective. So Exactly, if you, yeah. You know, if you shirk your responsibilities, then you know, you're kind of affecting the whole network kind of thing. So, yeah. but then, it, because it's a two-way street and parents also kind of have to be accountable because you're right. Like sometimes they do take away the idea of the freedom aspect of you're the older child. Yes, you could be more responsible, but then you also have a party that you want to go to. Or you just want to hang out with your friends or you just don't want to babysit that day, right? You know, you just <laughs> don't want to. Because I'm like you, I mm-hmm. was very much a key part of helping out with my sister, like taking care of it. I never, I don't really think I resented anything because I think I was, still fortunate I was still a little bit younger because I was still in high school so I wasn't always Mm -hmm. responsible for her and I know that's the worst for you because you were now out of high school when your you know your your younger sister was born but in terms of just yeah talk to the parents for a little bit you know like what can you tell our parents just to be more mindful of when it comes to (laughs) giving kids responsibilities (laughs) Mind you, do not throw your parents parents under the bus. Just generalize. I'm not. <laughs> I, I would not throw it. Otherwise, my mom would kill me. Mm. Um, to parents, take it easy, please. On the mm. first child, mm. I'm not gonna lie. Please, like, take it easy on us. We're trying our best. Um, I know sometimes our best is not the best for you guys in your eyes, but yeah. Please take it easy on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we come to you, Tikatino, mom, dad, I've got a party I'm going to, you know, on Saturday. Yep. And <laughs> I know, but please bear in mind. Yeah. And also for you guys out there, please, who have the responsibility of taking care of your siblings, it's important to tell your parents if you have someone to go earlier in advance rather than a day before, because that's, that's where this whole conflict of, Oh, my parents never let me up because I'm always thinking but because I know what would say in time. Yeah, you didn't give them enough time to plan a backup with you. Okay, who's gonna take care of your siblings? Mm-hmm. That's another pointer as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to parents, please understand Kuti, we have a life as well. Mm-hmm. We also <laughs> have to maintain a social life with our friends. Um, can I just without the two and never question, but please <laughs> allow us please. to have the freedom. Allow to go us and to meet listen to some Exactly. Do yeah. you have some freedom to actually mingle with people? Yeah. Not intentionally just to go, like, intentional to go and find relationships. No, just to have friendships. Of course, you just need fun. Just social life. Once yeah, just while. having fun. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're still young. Guys, these years we have right now, we're not, we're not getting true. them back. That's true. I'm sorry. That's true. Right now, like, for some of us. <laughs> we are literally the new generation of African aunties and uncles. Yeah, literally. Literally. And we're just, yeah, it's a bit scary we're to think a few about. couple we years are. from 30. And that's scary to that's think true. about. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> like, true. That's yeah. true. 
when we get to it, we'll worry about it. But yeah, (laughs) but yeah, parents, just take it easy on us and please allow us to have some time to socialize out there and actually live our lives. We don't hate you know, some people, but we don't hate taking care of our siblings. Yep. Just, we just need to also have a balance of social life and responsibilities yeah. as well. Yeah, no, that's true. And I guess what you were saying about uh, parents taking it easy, I, it kind of floats into what I, bleeds into what I'm, I guess, the next part of this conversation in the sense that, you know, we also have these expectations that have been put upon us to surpass the success that our parents reached and did like we are <laughs> if you could see Janelle right now she's like yes 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 <laughs> you know our parents you know they regularly remind us so that you could have a better future like I get it I totally get it you know so we kind of have these expectations to do better than them often that better is also my unfortunately marginalized to just academic or career success and it's not much else no options, no options, nothing you can explore out of that. And also we know, we both know like children that are not, like children are not the same. You and just, you could look at your siblings and say, ah, the academic success I've achieved, my siblings probably won't because they've got different things that they like now, especially in Australia. There's just more of that freedom for kids to explore a little bit more of themselves and stuff. And because obviously sometimes parents miss that, yes, they came here to better our futures, but then we've now got to create our own identity tension 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 always tension oh. so like yeah just you already i'm sure have thoughts on it so what are just you know your thoughts on some of those expectations and pressures that are put upon us and yeah. how can parents just come to understand a bit more like because you, you said already a good answer to this is taking it easy but yeah just adding a little bit more on that concept of parents taking it easy and just how we can also deal with that pressure it's a lot yeah, it is. And as somebody who's lived through that experience, um, yeah, it's 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 not fun. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie to you, especially when you have certain things you like, yeah. Um, and you have your parents who don't see how you can make a career out of something. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's always conflict. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, because. <laughs> um, you know, for, for like my, my, my parents, they're all about academics. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I was fortunate enough, honestly, it's only God's grace that academically I was good. Mm-hmm. Like, so for that, for that part, I was covered, but it also, um, well, the problem ar- arose from me trying to explore my talents, which were not linked to my academic side of things. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who likes art. I love painting, drawing. All that stuff. That's mm. my that's my forty. Now, like recent, probably a couple of years, I've started doing this whole social media thing, and I'm enjoying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the certain sports which I wanted to do, but my 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 my, my parents were against it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's disruptive for my academics, and and for me, it kind of um, what can I say? It delayed me in developing my talents in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was like I could not do anything except academic things. Yeah. So the whole academic thing, I went through it. I'm not going to lie to you. Year 7, freaking year 12, I went through it. Like I went through it. I just had to abide about, by, by what they say. Yeah. It was sort of like they were the ones controlling pretty much my life. Yeah. 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 At that stage. Yeah. Because I couldn't do anything that I like. The only thing I could, to be honest, the only thing I could, 
be like, oh, oh, I'm actually doing something I like was at school. And those visual arts, mind you, for yeah. like two hours a week. <laughs> two hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a lot. But yeah, even when it came to sports, like me just participating in sports, there was one time I remember when I had to do, oh, I competed in like cross country, SEC, mm-hmm, and then I qualified to triple C. Girl, my mom was not happy. <laughs> you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I could not. Yeah. She's like, I'm yeah. going. And I was like, I, I remember I cried that day. I was like, but all the parents are taking their kids away. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know, no time is too far away. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I just want to go and compete. Yeah. So it was stuff like that. Even she was okay with things like linked to like public speaking and stuff. Although she was against, she didn't really find the use or the purpose in it. Yeah. But fortunately for me, I'm somebody who I believe in my own vision. Yeah my own dream in my own goals i yeah. believe in them yeah. once i vision something if once i vision for what i want to achieve i go for it regardless yeah and you're now with it. yeah that creates a bit of a conflict with my mom because yeah. she knows i'm somebody like that if she's like ah, don't do it but i'll be like okay but i'm still gonna do it yeah yeah so it's, it's not a matter of disobeying. like then i remember i think you said this in the content creation episode so it's a matter of then showing them the result and saying you see yes. what I meant kind of thing? Like, um, yeah, it had to be like that. And that has, I'm not going to lie to you, but that has happened to me consecutively throughout the years. Mm-hmm. It had to be, if I'm going to do something, I had to show her, this is the reason I was doing it, because I had a goal, yeah. and this is the result. And that started around, um, I think remember when I did the quarter thing, quarter international mm-hmm. student of the year thing, but I remember the day, the night I went to compete for the public speaking. I was competing with like these other couple of schools. Well, the hellstorm was there. I don't know. And then um, she was like, why are you even doing it? What's the point in it? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, I just want to develop my skills and, you know, be good in something. And, you know, you never know. I might win. That's true. And I don't know if God was listening to what I was saying. But that night, I legit, I won the whole competition. Mm. And I mm. went on to represent Liverpool. And she was shocked. The thing is, once I got home, she was shocked. She was mm. like, so I'm not going out that way. Exactly. I love you, Mary. I'm I'm realistic, but that's exactly Bruh. what my mom would say. Like, because I know the experience with my sister. Like, she was like, what? I'm not so not to eat. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm not to Yes. I work hard for things I want in life. I really do, mm-hmm. honestly. Because I remember I used to practice, like, go over my speech, make sure it's this and that. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing this for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to win this competition. Yeah. So it went on even to do the whole social media thing. Like I said, up until she started seeing that I'm actually being paid for what I'm doing. Yeah, and she's like, I remember okay. you said, yeah, yeah. You know, continue with it. But to be honest, parents, um, I understand your point here, but to Makaya Kunoku, for us to have a better life. But please, in that, a whole better life here. Yeah. I understand your idea, because things are all academic. Mm. You know, you're only successful in life if you go through the, the academic pathway, if you become a doctor, if you become an engineer, and you're working nine to five your whole life. Yeah. Please understand, because the times have also changed. Mm. Mm. We now have different avenues different pathways, different streams of ways to get income, to legit have a living on something. And also understand if your child is not academically gifted, I beg you, nurture that child's gift in whatever they're good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. this is the path that they're supposed to be on. Because okay. there's no point in forcing Manakuti, Aramba Chinda which is what okay, no results are coming That's in. True. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And let let that child embrace. Can I actually go on as your sports, bro? Support that child all the way. I'm Zimi, but then the next Ronaldo of Australia. Yeah. Who knows? And not even being if like a child... big sports star, but even a scholarship. They could get a scholarship to oh, yeah. go and study just like that through That's that very sport, true. and that could actually alleviate their debt in the future. Kind of. Oh yeah, you know, like Definitely. something simple like that. So yeah, yeah, so like whatever gift, whatever talent your children have, please, like honestly nurture them i'm pretty sure a lot of kids would be happy if they had supportive parents in certain yes. fields that are not only academic true. you That's know true. music sports arts whatever you can have a career i feel in any department if you work hard for it you can make it you yeah. actually can make that's it true. so that's another thing on the less pressure thing <clears throat> please yes listen the pressure i'm thinking because <laughs> you're a bit more wiggle pressure. yeah it's, it's the first bunch. I think you can also relate. Oh, I'm pressure no stress you. No, that's true. Oh I, I think God. it's more, more like now parents also want to live their dreams through us. Like, I couldn't be a doctor back in Zimbabwe, so you have to be the doctor. Like, you know, I just, yeah, I can't I can't deal with stuff like that. I can't. That's very true, actually. Like, that's I'm very, very true. I'm very fortunate not to have had parents that necessarily wanted to live their dreams through me, but I think they were very much cautious of wanting me to be, like, safe, like, make safe options mm-hmm. that can get me. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, th- those were not what I wanted. <laughs> I didn't really. That, and that's the same. And I can relate to you as well, because for me, even after year 12, do I have no say as to what course I had to do? Yeah. My mom was literally like, you're doing this? Cause it's good. Yeah. Cause my friend Akayita is learning, earning a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not even one I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was so miserable in that one. And that's another thing I feel like people need to understand as well. If you allow your parents to, if you if you're doing something that you don't want to do, and you allow your parents to, that you keep forcing to do something, mm-hmm. you're not going to be happy. That's you true. are actually that's not going true. to be happy. And that was the situation for me where I was. I'm legit going to say I was depressed mm, mm. for that one whole year. And that this was in 2018 because I did not like the course I was doing. Yeah, Where I was living in itself was just not for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The environment, just everything about that whole year was just, it was, and I knew deep down, like, this is not where I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be. Yeah, and yeah. I was in a dark place because yeah, I felt like yeah. even if I'm to say something, they were not going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, they were not gonna like, you know. My mom used to think there was no such thing as depression for young person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up you're until like, to be up, happy, happy every day, like exactly because you're supposed to be happy. You're a child, you know. You don't have responsibilities. You don't have bills. That's mostly the common thing that most African parents would say. Mm-hmm. Kids are not suppressed, but it's real. That's it's true. very. I went through it. It's something that I went through by myself, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it, I was dark. I was in a dark place. Yeah. I was really in a yeah. dark place because yeah. I was so unhappy. Until I was like, I took the step. I was like, you know what? I can't believe in like this. I cannot be spending the next two years. Otherwise, I let you not gonna survive this. That's true. I told That's my, true. I was not going to survive this. And I took, I took like Once that year was over, I applied for my Bama. So I did not tell anybody i applied for the course that i wanted to do mm-hmm. and i did not tell my parents until i came back from newcastle and i was like listen i'm moving courses because i I'm do done. not like this <laughs> i do not until i spoke 
up religion and to allergy have to say something. I do not like this. I, I don't see myself doing this as a law as in the long run. Mm, mm, mm. This is what I want to do. I've applied, I've been offered already. I've already been accepted. So there's legit no reason for me not to. Yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason for me to, to to go back. And I remember that moment. I'm not gonna lie to my mom was quite upset with me. Mm, mm. She was, she was, and I understand part of the living, not, not necessarily living through losing living the dreams, no, but and I think they're trying to safeguard us. Yes. But yes. then also in Dinay, my own path as well. I have my, my own path. I have my own vision and dreams. I know where I want to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what, the only thing I can encourage parents in this is please just trust us sometimes. That's true. Like just true. please trust in our visions, trust in our plans as well, because we know that's the whole reason to my plans are to know that regardless of how many years but we're going to get there. That's true. That's true. It's also good to let tr- us stumble and fall sometimes. We can't all yeah. be because then we don't know how to live if we are not failing because failure is what that's, teaches you and that is, those decisions. Because yeah, oh yeah. like you, I had to come to a point where I was just like, nah, these degrees mm-hmm. that I'm trying to pursue, I, I, I let me make my own decision. And Exactly. I've never, ever, ever resented going into law because I chose that. Like, and if mm-hmm. any resentment comes, it's towards myself. It's me going. Yeah. Why did true. you choose? Why did you? Because I chose that. But before that, I could easily just be like, ah, oh, it's oh, because yeah. you know my parents wanted me to do that. Although yeah. it's because of this, mm. you know, it was easier to make them exactly. the scapegoat. But now I'm like, there's That's... no scapegoat. I'm responsible. And oh. I even was felt more responsibility because I was like, Dini Dakazi choose that, right? But then, that, yeah, yeah, when it's your parents, it's kind of like, ah, my parents are making me just, and you're right, the resentment grows and you don't really see it as much as you want to. Mm-hmm. And just doesn't, you don't yeah, go into a good place. You don't, you, you, don't place. you actually don't. Like, it's not just you, just by like mentally, you be drained. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. Like, mm-hmm. it does take a toll. That's it really true. does. Until, like, yeah, I want to do speech path ever since like after year 12 that's what i'm going to do yeah. and i have vision now i'm gonna do my master's mm-hmm. and then you qualify and you know go on from there because i i know where i want to go yeah yeah that's yeah. one thing i can just let you give or encourage parents just just believe in our yeah. plans or our, our goals in the jobs that we do it's not necessarily always what you want us to do for us you know what i mean yeah yeah, it'll work out. It definitely will. But you know how we t- touched on the fact that, you know, in Zim now, we are sort of removed from that identity. We are, we're in the middle ground in some way. Entity. But there's also still mm-hmm. that, I guess, idea that we're now caretakers of our culture here, right? We're the ones that, like you are saying, we're the now the new generation uncles and aunties of here. We are now the ones that have to then tell our second generation immigrant siblings about the culture that, you know, from back home and kids that are growing up, we are now the ones that are caretakers of that culture. And, you know, I, I think it's important for any cultural group to then have that idea that even five to ten generations from now, you have Zimbabwean children that will be like, oh, I am Zimbabwean Australian, understanding that they still have that heritage, right? But, like, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts on the, I like, because then in some way, when I think of the fact that if you go to Zim right now, the things that our parents think Zimbabwean children should do or act as aren't exactly what actual Zimbabwean children that live in Zimbabwe do. They're things yeah. oh, that I hear yes. from like, you know, my cousins or whatever. I'm like, wait, so that's the lifestyle you're living? But my parents still think, no, not my parents per se, but I'm just saying like parents still think we have to be sort of, 
not that there's anything wrong with being respectful, but there's certain traditions that they still expect oh, yeah. of us, right? They've cu- they mm-hmm. came with this idea of like a Zimbabwe that they knew. They came here and now we have to leave that Zimbabwe. But back home, that's not but like easy. back home. That's, they're doing the opposite, though. You know, like they're, they're not the same. So for me, it's like, how then do we? Yeah, how how can we be caretakers of our culture without sort of having this antiquated idea of like what being a Zimbabwean is? Because you know, there's some households where it's still an expectation, right? Like, not could it, there's anything wrong with it because let's say, for example, within Zimbabwean culture, that's a very respectful thing to do. You can, oh, yeah. you mm-hmm. most likely are going to do it, especially, and you know, there's just that dynamic. Unfortunately, we just have to adhere to that dynamic. But yeah. In your own household, sometimes those rules don't have to be as rigid, right? Oh, yeah. They don't have to be mm-hmm. as rigid. But then Definitely. sometimes parents are still very much like that, 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 that. So how do we then deal with like, yeah. how? Because it's, uh, it's a question that I keep pondering. I'm like, I do want to carry forward the Zimbabwean culture. But sometimes the idea of the Zimbabwean culture that my parents have or parents have in general isn't the idea that I see back home. Like, definitely oh, yeah. not. Definitely. Even like dressing I- or... The way you speak oh, yeah, to the definitely. elders, it's, it's different. Just, yeah, different. Totally yeah. different. Yeah. I think, I think we should still carry our Zim culture here, mm. but, and I'm always saying this, Kuti, it's just we probably have a better understanding of how the world has changed mm. in terms of whereas our parents are still stuck in that old Zim traditional yeah. thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think for us, we can take it. We can take it along, but probably these these restrictive things of like it has to be that 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 that. If it's that, it's wrong. Yeah. We probably have to remove that because I feel like that's that's why I think um, a lot of kids here probably run away from the, our culture yeah. because of that. Yeah. It's sort of like kind of snow there, so it's completely wrong. Kind of malasinga there, so. But then it's like, guys, the world is still, it's not the same as how things were like yeah. for you back then. We, don't get me wrong, we love our culture, but it's how we, the, the, the authority, authoritarian oh, type author, of, yeah. Yeah, authoritarian, yeah. yeah, way of how it's done. That's where patterns were taken. Mm, exactly. exactly. Because I'm pretty sure in Zim, the way they think how kids are are like the different definitely definitely very definitely. different you have to go on instagram and see zimbabweans that oh, yeah. are on instagram and how they act or behave or what they post and you're like what and that's not to say what they post is wrong but i'm saying isn't it's not the reflection of what our parents would expect it's exactly you know, that's very true totally so progressed now it's yeah it's a it's a bit it's a bit like oh what can i say it's a bit conflicting because it's like okay, but then it's just too zero. Okay, but but now it's That's not what they're doing. Yeah. Then why is it just well, it's being you know shoved down our throat? Yep. It's supposed to be like that. Exactly. exactly. So I think as as the first generation mm. going migrants Zimbabweans growing up here, we can still take on our culture, but remove the whole authoritative thing mm, mm. of you know the strictness of it and you know the the whole 
we don't accept it. Yeah, no, that's true. Because I think if you look at how I remember someone commenting, Kuti, like because we don't have maids and stuff. But there's some yeah. kids that don't even know a life without a maid. We know how to cook, clean, take care of siblings, mm-hmm. all of this. We're already yeah. up doing pretty well, you know, like, but then sometimes it, we don't always get celebrated for that. We're always compared. Oh, we're always very, very. Okay. So, you know, for you now, um, what expectations do you have for yourself going forward as a child of a migrant? Well, um, obviously is to carry on my culture. Mm-hmm. I definitely do want to, you know, um, pass on my culture to my kids and hopefully their kids as well. Um, I just don't want the same culture to die. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that would be really bad. Yeah. Cause like, I don't want to see future Zimbabweans with no identity, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I'll probably like, yeah, carry on the culture, but take the teachings with a pinch of salt minus <laughs> the whole restrictive kind of thing, you know? That's expected by our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because I was going to say, like, but in, in some ways, do you think, because you know how there's sometimes that problem, sometimes Zimbabweans don't really want to identify with Zim sometimes, just because I feel like sometimes we're quick to be like, oh, we, we hype up in South Africa, Nigeria, like West African culture. Like, yeah, how can we then also carry forward the culture and i just think about that sometimes because like, you want um, you ident- I identify with what you're saying Kuti. i similarly want to carry forward the culture and you know ensure oh, yeah. it grows but then like don't you don't you think Kuti, in as much okay for these countries and it's mm-hmm. yeah for example nigeria and south africa they're stable countries and relatively zim on the yes, other yeah, hand yeah. zim on the other hand there's so much like corruption going on it it's like it's all negative in a yeah, way. You know what I mean? True, that's true. Like, and I understand where, why people want to de- associate themselves from, you know, the same culture. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like if our country like, took a 360 and things <laughs> are good again, and, you know, we're on the, on, on the world map and popping, a lot of these people will be like, hey, yo, I'm Zim, I'm no, Zim, I'm Zim, I'm Zim. And true. I think it's just, it's the whole pop culture of like, oh, these are the popular African countries. I think that's why. That's true. So then it becomes like as if yeah. it's a reflection on we know. But you're right, because I feel it's, like there are times, yeah. there was a time when definitely the idea of dissociating was prominent, but now it's like uh-huh. super like, we are a bit better. Like we can champion like, yeah, that's true. Artists come here, stuff like that or whatever. Like we, we're more that's like, very oh, so okay, cool, we're into it. Yeah, praise, we're into it. But yeah, I think it was just more mm-hmm. like a pondering because sometimes I, I'm like, okay, I want to champion the culture, but the community around me are they on the same page kind of thing which is exactly that's true actually that's very, very true. interesting but then finally do you uh, see yourself like ever going back and living in zim <laughs> to be honest i really want to invest um like in zim mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie yeah if economy economy wise yeah it gets better yeah i don't mind moving i really don't mind moving yeah like yeah. like serious serious i do not mm. mind moving yeah, but at the same time, because I'm so used to the lifestyle here. Yes, it would have to. Be I don't the same know how standard. I would adjust. Yeah, it yeah. Have, For me, it's like it I, has to be the it, same standard. It can't be like exactly. political violence. Yeah. It can't be like Mageta Kuenda. It can't be like mm-hmm. Kuenda. That's true. Same yeah, lifestyle. Like I don't mind. I don't mind. 
But yeah, I guess, you know, to end on a lighter note so that you can go off and buy some food. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that you can go off and do that. What recommendations do you have for people if you have any? Because you are such a busy woman, but I'm sure you you listen to things and you watch things and you do things that are outside of your work. Girl, the only thing I've been listening to is is your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very honest. Thank you. You're recommending my podcast to other people. How great. Oh, my God. (laughs) Is that? But other than that, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, the only music I've been listening to is I'm a piano ah, lately. Amen like, to that. Amen to I'm that. still getting in, in that groove of it and trying to figure out how, you know, which songs to dance to. So yeah. I can't really recommend because, like, it's just been whatever I'm seeing, if I'm vibing to it, that's what I'm going for. Mm. Um, TV-wise, y'all know I'm on that The River stuff. Like, I've been <laughs> You're on still it. on it. Like, <laughs> I'm still on it because oh it's getting even more interesting now. Yeah. So if you like... um. South African soapies, the river is really good. Yeah. Um, and if you like other ones, it's the Queen as well. Yeah. Um, what's the other one you're watching as well? Well, I was watching Isabai, but I since stopped. Man, I had I was too deep. Hey, season four, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, but that break. So I'll start season five sometime later. But season four, that way, hey, 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 Georgia. When I say you become so invested in these people's lives, mm-hmm. you're like, man, man, I know, oh my like certain characters, you're championing. Sometimes them. you gotta feel like you're part of their family in a way. But also, I wanted to watch something more people, current but... because Isabai had finished, so I actually did watch mm-hmm. on Netflix Kings of Joburg, like one of those series. Oh had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that yeah, one as well. Yeah, it's not like I, I would say that there, there's room for improvement for se- season two. But I think for mm-hmm. well, the first season was quite interesting. Got me hooked. I'm interested enough to come back and watch season two. And I'm yeah. happy that there's more South African shows that are coming on like Netflix and people are getting oh, yeah, exposed definitely. to that, you know. But also, oh my God, my sister, <laughs> there's a new movie that's on Netflix called Deranged. I would highly avoid that movie. So I'm recommending you not to watch a movie. It's okay, I will not watch Deranged or whatever no, it is about. You, but anybody who's listening, it's a Nigerian movie and it is low budget as hell. Don't even know why oh, I made no. it on Netflix. But anyway, just, yeah, it's mm. not a good experience. We don't like the low budget teams now, no. <laughs> I just had to mention it because no. sometimes you're like, how do these people get their movie on Netflix? It's like a home yeah, video. true. That's very true. Yeah, it's like a home ah, But yeah, yeah any, I don't really any, have that many recommendations, guys. Like, honestly, yeah. I'm such a busy person. Sometimes I literally don't have time to be do. watching yeah. no, that's really things. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, any last thoughts on this topic? And we'll wrap up. Um, migrants, be proud of where you come from, that's to be cool. honest. It is you. That's your identity. That's what differentiates you from someone Everybody without else. culture. Yeah. Be yeah. proud of it, honestly. Um, and for, shout out to all the firstborns. <laughs> gang. You know, we're strong. We're we strong are. as hell. Like we, we, we're the pillars of the family. We should have a we WhatsApp group, man, just to rant. Yes, like honestly, point. we we are the pillars of the family, guys. Okay, like your siblings should be thanking you for taking care of them. I'm <laughs> sorry, but true. like we raised you. Yeah, shout out to all the. <laughs> you did. I feel like I'm your mom or something, exactly. and I, I don't have kids. I'm sorry, exactly. but like, <laughs> shout out to all the firstborns. I'm sorry, but like, yeah. We're the best, period. Amen. Amen. Period. But no, thank you once again, Janelle, um, for joining me. I will be catching up with you later. 
for another episode because Thank you're coming back you again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> ah, girl, go to the episode, man. Let this talk down finish. I'm going to need to see my people. Exactly, ah, no. exactly. But for I'm now, that I'll, I'll just wrap up and we can catch up after the, the, the outro goes. <laughs> no problem. Thank Alrighty. you. That's all good. That's it for another episode of Conversations with Audrey. Thank you for listening. I hope you join me for the next episode. And as you go about your day, just remember, kindness is free. So sprinkle that shit everywhere. Stay blessed.